Welcome to Coffee, Beans, and Booze. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Shyla. And we're thriving in a small town. It's Catherine and Jasmine and drunk Shyla. It's time for Coffee and Booze. Clink! Good morning, Shyla. How are you doing today? Well, good morning to you. I am doing fine. How are you? I'm good, but it is indeed morning, which is a little different for us. Sometimes we do late evening, and today we are up bright and early on a Sunday morning. So That's right. So we don't have the interference of family, which inevitably will happen. So oh, I completely. apologize in advance so, for the oh, me parking too. or the chairs no. sliding across floors it's or... all the good stuff right yes, yes my <laughs> my dogs are not barking right now because they got up of course eat like little crazy puppies do and now have passed out in the cutest puppy sleep on the office floor as possibly can Aww. be so but you might hear some dogs snoring because that has been happening all week long that's funny but we you know we have dundee dundee is uh 12 and last summer we got a really not so great prognosis yeah. that she was they had given her like two months she's still hanging on but she does this incredibly annoying thing with her food uh so she, she's been a grazer forever we just mm-hmm. put food out for her and she whatever um and she eats hard food when we brought her back from the vet back back last july i was making her rice and ground beef and sure. she was like not you're a good it puppy anymore. mommy mm-hmm. but she wasn't having it anymore she was like oh. i just want my hard food which was so weird because she had some teeth removed like mm-hmm. it was a whole thing but she goes through her her dog dish and she pulls out certain ones and leaves them all over the floor <laughs> so every day i clean up like a cup of her food and we've just kind of been like well this is what it is now because she's old right. and dying and like we're just, and we're like, just kidding if she no wants to throw food yet. around like, let it be yeah no <laughs> yeah so now we have an ant issue because of her stupid dog food everywhere it's a whole thing well yeah. the ant so issue the is we're living in <laughs> i think is just life um in spring in this type of area because we we have ant too like i keep having this conversation with everybody around here it's like no you cannot leave a fork in the sink or you will come back and it will have like ants yeah. on it if there's food on it or you can't yeah. whatever else or or the dog food so pitzel and cannoli pastry pups could never possibly be grazers like they are like instantaneous food eater little puppy dogs of all 12 pounds of them has to like get it all down immediately and if pitsy yeah. would leave anything you know noli would eat it and so yeah right. so this morning i was getting up early and thinking about like what time do i need to get up in order to be ready by eight o'clock for us to do our recording and i'm like all right well i have to feed the dogs because like they lose their crap like they can't they hear you and they're like must eat now kind of a deal they even have those little bowls like we have the bowls that have a little swirly thing in it so that it slows them down from eating so instead of it taking 23 Uh, seconds it takes like a minute and 43 seconds yeah so yeah no, that's perfect. So do you have two yeah. feeding times for your dogs? Is we that... do have two feeding times yeah. for our dogs. So they eat in the morning and then they eat at night. Um, well, I shouldn't say night. Night has become like one forty-five since we've been home. Uh, they just oh, kind of push it earlier oh, and earlier. Boy. And for whatever reason, it seems that I have a Zoom call most days at like 2 o'clock. That seems to be like the scheduled time or whatever. And so like at one fifty-one, Noli literally stands like next to me. And he's, it's like, I'm going to do it. If you don't feed me now, I'm going to do it. So I open the office door and I'm like, Mark, can you feed the dog? Dogs, you know, kind of a deal. But dog food's not the only thing your dogs eat. That's no, uh, no. So there was a there was this time a couple summers ago. That, yeah, yeah. Uh, little little some... Pitsy, little Pitsy. We call him Pitsy the Destroyer. And it truly, if you want to see a, <laughs> see what Pit, uh, and Cannoli look like, uh, you can go to Pastry Pups on uh, Instagram. Uh, but little Pitsy the Destroyer decided he would eat a sock. He really likes socks and underwear, which I think is popular among the little puppy dog uh, land. 
And the same day that Mark was having surgery, little Pizza Pup decided that he was going to eat a sock that got stuck and also needed to have surgery. So I'm literally sitting in the waiting room of the hospital at Lancaster General and like Mark is being taken in on a gurney to have his foot surgery and um, Pitsy is taking in on his little doggy gurney gurney to have his surgery. (laughs) And I'm not even making this up. Aaron's sitting with me and we're like, it was kind of very stressful, like the whole surgery to begin with because there were some things of making sure numbers were right for Mark and that kind of stuff. And Mark, the light goes on on the big like status screen that Mark is out of surgery. And I literally get a call at the same moment that the dog is out of surgery. And then I had to balance like this craziness. You got sucked into it because I was supposed to go out of town that weekend. And but the dog yeah, had an going, IV. You were, but you yes. had an amazing opportunity. It that you was were like, I can't go. And we were like, ridiculous. no, we're shoving you out the door. But you you had an amazing opportunity. It wasn't just going out of town, Jasmine. Like, you probably should Correct. qualify what that was. Yeah. yeah. So this was ridiculous. So earlier that year, I had gone to BroadwayCon, which is this crazy celebration of all people who love Broadway. And it was the first year they'd had it. Or no, I lie. It was the second year that they had it. And Rosemary and I had made this a tradition that we were going. And I go and I meet up with this foundation called the Broadway Dreams Foundation that's absolutely incredible. And they do all kinds of training with Broadway directors and Broadway actors and all these things and it's this incredible educational opportunity and I won an opportunity to go like to this like to stay in New York for a week to participate in all of this stuff um, to be directed in a show by like you know amazing directors learn choreography all this stuff that I then could like bring back to my students and have this great thing so here I am Mark has surgery the little puppy dog has surgery. Of course, like it went well and they got the little sock out and they did all this stuff, but he had to come home with a little IV and then we had to like give him medicine and then he had to go back each morning. (laughs) Like literally Pitsy is like, 12 to 16 pounds, depending on where he is with his little puppy weight at the time. And he's got this little baby sized IV and you were like, get it, yeah. get on the train. You are not going to stay yeah. here and we not do this. We dragged you out of the house. Aaron and I were like, I think, yeah. I think I took you to the train station. You did. We were like, we were and like, I was you're stopping. Get, you're going, you're going. It's, I was, it's just like, but, but that it's time hard. you didn't stop at Turkey Hill for your, for your drink. Yeah, yeah that was another train. time where I almost missed the train that you were driving. <laughs> but, but no, but I had like such like guilt over like my family needed me and yeah. you know, how was I, like I remember I created like, like everybody always jokes when I go out of town, I create this like family memo that's yes. like this is, and it started it's, from when the kids were so little. It's so important. You have it to. Is. It, how can I control yes, things if I'm out of town to. if I didn't tell people what my expectations were? <laughs> So like they had the chart. And I had, made like, a breakfast flow chart when I went out of town. I know a we're going to talk ago, about so. that for surezies. Yeah, absolutely. So like no, so like I had a chart of like Pitsy's medicine and Mark's medicine and who needed what, and I had all the all of Mark's meals because you know he's like he's like in bed like with this foot surgery he had to stay off of his foot for like I don't know a billion weeks and stuff and oh my gosh it was so incredibly stressful but yeah, yeah well, you are we a just plan. made sure Mark got upstairs yes Mark got Correct. upstairs and he just stayed there and Aaron till I got home his little nurse yeah he didn't yeah. come downstairs because he everything he needed was upstairs here and it was really funny because Mark yeah. you know Aaron was like all of like 17 at the time or something like that and he was more than capable yeah. of doing it but that expectation and that pressure on someone is really hard you know and I, I yeah. think to keep it going like is it really fair to have your 17 year old son be the one who like has to run the household now I don't know but yeah. he, he did great and, and everything was planned was but fine. you are also yes. I would say that I should take some shade for being an over planner and being controlling even when I'm out of town and making food ahead of time and all these things but you're the same way because when yeah. you <laughs> tell us a little bit about when you went out of town and now granted oh, your yes. children are younger than mine but you My children also are younger yeah so in September of 2018 
Um, I went to Duke University to complete a nonprofit certificate. Uh, it was an eight day, eight Crazy. hour a day crash course, which was great because Same I could thing. just do it all in one fell mm-hmm. swoop. You know, the other ones that were offered were over like two and a half years. And just the thought of like having something like that over my head yeah. for that long just Too felt much. like just ridiculous. So 2018, Lucas is like a year and a half, I guess. Mm-hmm. No, he's he would have been two. No. Yeah, like, I don't know, 18 months, two, something like that. Um, Noah was in in kindergarten, and so I created all kinds of things for them, including a breakfast flow chart. And memos for the rest of us, so that we knew (laughs) when our Yes, and I emailed everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because Derek works um, until, like, 5 o'clock at least every day, and so it was going to be really hard for him to pick up. So I had um, deployed an entire army. Absolutely. Uh, There were people doing pickup. There were people who made meals for my family, which was Mm -hmm. really, really sweet. Um, Yeah, so I just felt like I had this whole, like, group of people around me, which was so cool. So I think you did a day pickup, didn't you? I did. I did a day pickup, and and I did did a food something, too. And I think it's one of those things that, like, you know, truly the only way to thrive in a small town is to, like, rely on the small town. And it was definitely one of those things. But the complete joy that people had. Like, I almost remember, I don't want to say, like, getting in a fight with people would be the wrong thing to do. But being like, I could pick them up more than one day. And other people being like, (laughs) but I want to help the Ulrich family too. You know, and this kind of idea that, like, people want to jump in. People want to do. And I remember you saying that to me when you were like, no, you're getting in my car. You were the only person on earth who could make me get in the car and, like, you know, get to the train station. And it was such a... You were like, it's happening. And it was dramatic. And I I don't want to go into all that. And even Aaron was like, mom, something good has to come from this craziness. You need to get on the train. You need to go do. And it has shaped and changed my whole life because Broadway Dreams has become such an influential piece on the the theater teaching that I can do. I mean, just incredible what has been offered. And I got to go back again the following summer. And for you, similarly, while it was a challenge to get things organized and in place you refer to that certification and the information you learned like yeah absolutely yeah it was funny because a couple of the the women who were there like the older women were like you did all of that before you came like we were just Mm kind of joking around and some of the other women who had uh, small children were like oh no I totally left like a whole thing like it was you know we had this all planned out and Derek was like feeling a little like I I could do this and I'm like I know you can but this is my gift to you that you don't have to worry about all of these things and at the end of it he was appreciative but I can understand where that came he was a little like that yeah so it was funny because because, you know, Derek and I are good friends, too. And, and you and I always joke, Derek and I are actually a lot alike. Like, a lot alike. A lot yeah. alike. And, and, it's, and we're so much alike that sometimes we, do, sometimes we don't acknowledge it because we know how uncomfortable that makes the other person. Because it's like a compliment and weird all at the same time kind of a deal. Because, you yes. know, I admire Derek so much. And I rely on him, like, separate and above from you or separate and, and different from you. You know, Derek and I have our own relationship through what he provides to our nonprofit organization in that he is the set coordinator and, and, you know, and, and he has to coordinate all these people and he does things that are totally in his comfort zone of building. And then he does things that are totally out of his comfort zone, which is like, he also likes to do things himself and does not always oh, do yeah. well relying on others. And I totally understand it. I think he knows that I understand that and always want to give him the freedom to handle it the way he wants to. Um, yeah. But right now, even though he was a little defensive then and he was like, Jasmine, I got this. Like, I don't know why you feel like you need, you know, because I would check in every couple of days and be like, hey buddy do you need a break do you want me to take the boys do you want me to you know whatever and he was like I got this I don't know why people think I can't do this I'm like no it's not that you can't it's that you don't have to 
And then I looked at him and I was like, yeah, but that's what Shyla and I struggle with all the time. Like people are always offering us help and they're kind and they're nice, but sometimes we don't pick up what they're throwing down. Right. Well, and, and I do sometimes think of it framed in the sense of like, if Derek were to leave for a week, he would just leave, right? And that's right. that's a big women struggle, right? Like, it is, is this, like it's this, not being like, mean when we talk uh, about that. We're no, not trying to be mean I'm, to them. It's just true. No, not at all. And like, yeah, just talking. My neighbor, um, who lives, uh, just we live in like a little grouping of townhomes. Um, the one on the end unit, um, she's leaving for Iraq, um, mm. and she has four children. One uh, going to be a sophomore at Penn State. One going into um, uh, college uh, in the fall here, and then two twins who are s- going to be sophomores, I think. And like, you know, talking to them and about how the family revolves around mom. Mm-hmm. Like he, you know, the dad's like, if I were to leave, it would wouldn't be a thing. But like, our lives revolve around her, right. and like this, like you know, we create these like you know these these homes. You know, and, and and yeah, it's just fascinating the 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 man woman. It is, you know, that, and, and yeah. Mark sometimes would say to me like, you know, um, we 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 become mom centric not because like I would always get on him and be like, you know, do more or this or that, and and Mark has always been one, and especially when the kids were little, like Mark was a big like always did stuff with the kids. Like I'm sure he changed as many diapers as I did. Like he we were never people oh, yeah. like arguing about that kind of deal ever. Like. But, you know, but things just became centered around mom plans them, mom does them, particularly meals and things like that around here. And he would say, well, it's just because, like, you do that role. Like, you do it and you do it well. And, and yeah. you know, you get into these struggles between is it male, female, or is it, you know, just sort of we become good at them and, and it's hard. But I can't imagine, yeah, if all of a sudden yeah. mom is gone and, and, you know, particularly the child care pick up and drop off and all of those things. Those, those are things that I see a lot of my friends, you know, it struggles with because it's so hard. It's a lot. It's a, it's a whole yeah. lot. Yeah. Well, and I think there's permission, you know, like when this whole quarantine thing started, um, you know, Derek was, he was asked, had asked about like being at home, um, especially on like distribution days. Mm -hmm. And there was kind of this like, I don't know, this, this response back that was almost like, well, maybe, but like, is your wife contributing to childcare? Like it was almost, it wasn't explicit, it wasn't an explicit ask, but it was a very like, well, you know, and and so I think sometimes women have more permission to have or ask for the flexibility. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. like, you know, sometimes we take that on as this like, oh, well, I'm the one who has to do it because I can, but I think it's that, that society has permitted a little bit more than, than other. Yeah, probably men especially so yeah it's fascinating it is it really is definitely so all of the family dynamics and the and the peace and the things that go on you know and I I often think about and we've talked about this too how like the expectations change with every generation and every piece like my mom um really supported me like in everything and anything I ever wanted to do I mean I grew up in a household now part of that is because I'm primarily like an only child like was like this total encouragement that you can do anything you want to do like my parents were beyond encouraging and so that made me think that I could handle the balance of all of those things too and my mom would be like you know you need to to get the best education and push your career as much as you want because her generation had really fought to make sure that women had that possibility of working outside the home you know my my mom in the the late 70s and the 80s really took such pride in being like mom's getting up and going to work because she really had fought for for doing being able to do so you know and and the generations before her had and then I remember having a conversation with my mom about like really struggling being a mom and working full-time and finishing up degrees and like doing all this stuff and she was like I know I told you you could do anything. I think I made the mistake of telling you, though, that trying to do everything, you can do anything, but there's going to be a cost. 
right? There's going to yeah. be a, a cost. Yeah. And so do you Absolutely. ever see that cost, Sh- Shyla, to the, the mental well-being? <laughs> I asked oh, you with a setup question. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, geez, I, I, you know, as I've talked before, I, my job at the Karen Cupboard is really, is really a family job. And sometimes, you know, with technology and not being able to shut off is that's sometimes really challenging. Sure. Um, it, it's become, as I've spoken before, um, much easier since Kenzie. But, you know, before, you know, vacation wasn't vacation because you still were, you know, at the mm-hmm. at the the mercy of if something happened and someone needed an answer, um, you know, I was the person. So, yeah, it it's such a struggle because doing doing what we do is so important and we feel so passionate about it. Um, but where's the break? And right now we're, we're both definitely feeling that not to speak for you, <laughs> but are. you know, just no, not, be, not being able to shut off and like, you know, we, it's not like we can go away. That's what I normally do. I just go somewhere else. Like I mm-hmm. don't, I, you know, we don't staycation. We go, we go somewhere. So like after Paul Myers Great Give last year, we took a weekend trip to Washington DC because we were like, we knew that like, we just needed that. This year we're planning on a beach trip with your family and some right. other people. So, you know, for a weekend just to get away because that's, that's my only like mm-hmm. ability to not have to, if I go in town here, I'm going to see somebody and someone's invariably going to ask me about stuff. I, right. That just happened at the grocery store the other day. I ran into like three people who were like hey how's the Karen Carver what can we do do you need help blah blah, blah. you know that yeah. kind of stuff which is great like I love that um but there are I mean that is small town like, life and, it, yeah. and it's part yeah. of what you love about small town right like yeah, right? you know I always yeah. tell that story about going to the the public pool after I had started um we we implemented <laughs> a, a elementary um camp and I could never understand why my teacher friends sometimes didn't want to live in the district like we we live in the district we love that and I was kind of like I mean not in a judgy way but just like okay that's their decision and then I went to the public pool and the children like were so running up to me and giving me their wet little you know high fives and and, you know they would try to hug you and you'd be like I'm good thanks anyway kind of a deal and then I understood like sometimes that break is not because you don't want to have pride in where you are but just you need a break anonymity isn't always a terrible thing that's for sure but even still I mean we actually went to Washington DC one time my husband and I I think on an anniversary trip and I ran into a college classmate Derek's like you know people everywhere. <laughs> like, I'm Kinda. sorry. It's just, I, know. I, I don't know what to tell you. I ran into uh, the Bolts family, uh, which is, is a musical family who does great work uh, with the with the show there. Their daughter is in um, the musical and the, the mom is on our, our exec board. And I'm literally standing on a corner in New York City, like super busy outside of Delhi. And literally they walk by. It was just kind of funny. I was like, hey, how's it Wait, going? Hey. But yeah. uh, like, you know, it just kind of happens. I think especially when you have like interests and things that places that you love. So yeah, but the balance, yeah. the balance is a struggle bus, right? Balance is a struggle bus. Well, our guest that we have on today uh, knows a thing or two about balance, right? Uh, The one and only Sandy Brettler. So excited for her. One of the smartest people I've Uh, ever met. Always continually. I love. Love her. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. She, so. I mean, she's creative and intelligent and just has so much to offer. And she has two really great kids. So I feel like she's a good she example does. of being a, a professional mom, but also, uh, you know, raising children uh, to be good contributors to society. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I'm looking, um, looking really forward to today's interview, as I always do. Um, so, yeah. So here's some time with our friend Sandy Brettler. Sandy Brettler, welcome to Sandy. Coffee Beans and Booze. We are so excited to see you and have you here today. So um, we can't really imagine talking about our community, talking about our lives and not having you be a part of that. So I could literally start to cry right now because I am so excited. 
you today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we loved well, your bio sheet. We were both in stitches. You are hysterical, uh, among all of your other many talents. Right? You're just funny yes. girl, funny girl. And so, you, you I know. do have many talents. You do, <laughs> and true. so we're so excited. Could you start off while we know everything about you? Could you uh, please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, your professional career, which is so you know incredibly important and and just impressive as as all get out, and then some of the fun little things you got going on in your life because you are a woman of many talents so could you share a little with us please I do I do have a lot of things going on that's for sure um so born and raised sort of south central Pennsylvania down near Westchester area um went to school in Bloomsburg got my bachelor's degree in nursing and then started working at Hershey here um at the Penn State Hershey Med Center back in many years ago back in the mid 80s sometimes some, yeah, somewhere around there. And, um, went went to grad school. Uh, I didn't have a I didn't have a man in my life. I didn't have pets. I didn't have kids. So it was a perfect time to go to grad school. Um, graduated with my master's degree in nursing, and then moved to North Carolina because you know why not? Mm-hmm. I had nothing else on. So was, worked as a clinical nurse specialist down there in Greensboro for a couple years. Met my husband. Um, we got married. Brought him north, kicking and screaming, and he's still kicking and screaming. <laughs> I actually never knew. I did not know that either. Yeah, we yeah. learned something new. I yeah. read that on your bio sheet, and I was like, what? I didn't know this. I mean, we've spent the better part of most of my mother's days together, and I have yet, I just still didn't know that. Yeah. So, it's amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He, uh, he's getting more used to it. You know, we've been here for more than 20-some years now, so... But he's still, you know, witches in the winter and, you know, shoveling snow and <laughs> the, tax, the taxes and mm-hmm. all sorts of all sorts of crazy the things. The gifts but of anyway, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and they just keep on giving. And yeah. pothole season. That's another favorite of his. <laughs> yeah, that's truly <laughs> true. Yeah. It is true. That's funny. So, uh, we um, we moved north, started a family, and uh, I we were actually, we've sort of moved around a little bit, but finally settled into the... Home we're in now about 20 some years ago. I have two great kids, um, t- 23. My daughter's 23, working on her master's degree, um, living at home. Mm-hmm. And my son is almost 20. He'll be 20 next month. And he's also <gasps> living at home. <laughs> <laughs> my empty nest lasted about eight months. Mm-hmm. Oh. You got more than so. me. We we sent Aaron off. Yeah, he didn't. He wasn't at college too long, but he would surely uh, be there if he could be. That's yeah. for sure. sure. It's yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah. But that's okay. It's actually been quite a blessing to have them home, and I know how much you adore your children and and what yeah. a, how fantastic it is. So there's a big piece of me. I was just saying this to Rosemary today that that will remember that this was time that was a gift. I would have never gotten this in yeah. some type of normal life to have my two adult children being here. So I'll take it. Yeah. And and me too. You know, it's. It's a whole different situation because I'm not sure what happened when they crossed over the threshold, but they clean up after themselves, (laughs) they can feed themselves. So it's it's great to have. Um, Plus, it's also nice to have, you know, another adult in the house to chat with and get different ideas. Mm they're they're funny and yeah and with and without a community to be out in it is nice to have a community Uh here you know and it feels much more so than if it was just the two of us and the pups kind of a deal and so you know we do have sort of our own eco culture going on here kind of a a piece uh, yeah i got i got little guys but we're we're teaching noah some culinary skill you know he's able to like make himself breakfast now so you know we're making yeah. some progress these are good, good yeah. things well and more than that though he's learning coping skills yeah. right that's oh, really yeah. what he's it learning is. from this all of this at such an early age which is which is really quite
quite honestly quite amazing yeah so absolutely. for sure yeah. So, so yeah tell us a little bit about what you do at Penn State now so currently um I work for uh, the Department of Neurosurgery. I'm a clinical nurse specialist, and specifically I take care of patients who have brain tumors. Um, I work as the coordinator of the Gamma Knife Center. Um, so Gamma Knife is basically focused radiation to tumors or um, other pathology, pathologic problems within the brain only. Um, it's a one-day kind of treatment. Um, and it has great success for lots of these patients. So um, mm -hmm. work here, I've worked, I've been in this department since 2006. Prior to that, I worked in the surgical ICU as the educator, um, the, I was a, as a clinical nurse educator in that department. So, um, which is where, as we were talking earlier about all the COVID stuff, that's where a lot of those nurses are, uh, mm -hmm. the patients are being housed at this point. So. It's been kind of interesting to see a lot of the nurses that are there are some of the ones I trained many years ago. Yeah. So, so the translation kind of to rewarding. what you do and what you have done is wicked smart, right? Like you're just she wicked is wicked smart. smart. <laughs> have you read any of her research? Because you know it's, me, I'm a nerd, and she know and and Sandy knows too that not only do I have an interest in the brain, but I I have some family who's ha who has uh, some background in some of the diseases that that Sandy's worked with, and so I have read some of her research. Uh, I have two master's degree, yeah. and I don't know what she's saying. Yeah. So. If I ever, I am thrilled that I can always call her if I need a translation yes. on something. Yes, um, but absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Just, uh, just recently got published again um, with an article. On, I think you may have seen I it did. on Twitter. Yeah, um, the COVID response for neuro surgery mm -hmm. uh, by some of the physicians I work with here. Uh, it was just, you know, I offered uh, as a nursing perspective and a coordinator perspective into that. So it's kind of interesting. Uh, very nice to get published in the journal of. Um, neurosurgery. So. Yeah. Well, and it's amazing. We talked about this a couple of episodes back, but being in the middle, the epicenter of best, best practice development for something that, you know, it's been eons since we've had something you kind of likened this in, in our conversation before we got, we jumped on recording about HIV and, and sort of how that set standard and how now this yeah. thing will set standard. And so, yeah. Right. Can you, can you talk a little bit about what you've seen and how that, how that's worked and impacted you? Yeah, um, you know, from, from a COVID perspective, I've, I've been very fortunate. You know, I am a nurse, and I appreciate everybody saying thank you to me, but I'm not um, right now on the front lines at all. Um, I'm there in the background, but I'm still seeing patients who um, are COVID positive. They're coming through our doors in clinic. They still have, you know, health needs and clinical needs. Um, but, you know, as we were chatting earlier, back in the 1980s when I first started, HIV was just coming out, and people were, you know, Oh, you know, you had to gown and glove and there we had negative pressure rooms and, you know, you had to put on all this garb. Um, and over the course of time, we found that, okay, it's a virus and it is something that is bloodborne. It's, you know, it's um, through uh, serological fluids. And so we sort of created a standard of care as far as standard precautions for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to wash your hands before and after you touch a patient. You have to wear gloves if you're coming in contact with fluid. Um, I kind of think that with co with this COVID that's coming out as well, um, I think this is something that we're gonna see is that our standard is gonna change with how we interact with patients and that you know it is a virus. Um, it's gonna lay low for a while. I suspect it's gonna come back again. Mm -hmm. um, you know, not sure when and I'm, you know, again, with this whole vaccine thing, that's a very difficult thing to really, you know, put your, Put your, put your sure. hat on or hang, hang your hat up to it. Because if you think about HIV, 
you know, if we waited to open everything up mm-hmm. until there was a vaccine, we'd still be closed. Right. Because yeah. there is no vaccine. There are a lot of supportive care things. And I think that's, you know, for us, it's going to be more with this COVID. It's going to be a lot of education. If you have those high risk factors, if you, mm-hmm. you know, have been sick, these are the things you should be doing as standard precautions. Right. Of care, staying away from other people and, mm-hmm. you know, sure that you're getting the proper care when your Um, patients sound like they're pretty high risk so i'm sure this is stuff you've already kind of developed figuring out how to have those conversations Mm -hmm. so we have a lot of immunocompromised patients i'm sure really high risky for them at this point yeah so sandy with with being as wicked smart as you are and i but being (laughs) the person that i know you are that is so relationship based and i hear you talking from that educator perspective how do you think that that ability to to build those relationships helps you be the better healthcare provider you know because i can i can see that yeah it's you know sometimes it's really hard but you have to create something that's similar with you and a patient or somebody whoever you're talking to that similarity or that that sort of touch point that they feel safe and comfortable and oh you you she knows what i'm talking about mm-hmm. so you know when i'm talking to patients like where are you from oh i'm from so and so oh that, that's really close to where i was or i grew up and went to high school there or i went to school there you know you try to find those things that um, are comforting and then when they ask you questions or you talk to them you give them the advice that maybe someone else has given them. Oh, yeah, then, okay, so she knows what she's talking about. So, you know, helping to hear that kind of thing is is very important to a lot of people. And just making them feel comfortable to, enough to ask a question. Mm-hmm. You know, some patients, it's some of the questions I get, oh, my gosh, like, <laughs> crack up. You know, is it? So we've operated on their brain. It's, you know, it's called surgery. But it's not really an operation. It's, you know, oh. um you know, stereotactic radiation. So it's focused radiation. They got a little sedation for it. And so sometimes under sedation, you get the craziest question. Is it it okay if I have sex with my wife tonight? Yes. You know, and when I was 25, it was harder to answer those Mm -hmm. questions. And now I'm like, ah, yeah, it's no big deal. Go ahead. That's funny. In my time in psych, when I I worked admissions uh, for a psychiatric hospital, it's actually connected with Penn State. Um, I I found that the fastest and easiest way to build rapport with someone was to offer them food. <laughs> but I know yeah. in your situation, you always can't do yeah. that. But, you know, they're coming over from the ED, maybe not attended to very well because they were just waiting for psych transfer. And I'd be like, do you want a sandwich? And they're like, I you trust you are, with my yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> I will tell you whatever you need to know. Well, yeah. that's the basic yeah. needs of life, exactly. right? Yeah. Just make them feel we, stable, safe, I've always been shelter. A feeder, and, and always you have always been a feeder. <laughs> you are. Uh, we offer patients uh, medication. Oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah. We, we can do this procedure and you will be out yeah. like, for what we do to you. Like, we're, we're firm believers in better living through pharmacology. There you go. There you go. Well, that ability of yours to, to build that rapport and relationship leads a little bit to some of the interaction that you have with us, which, of course, obviously you are a very good friend of ours, but you also are a volunteer for both of our organizations. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I'm sure that Shyla can attest to this, too. Your ability to make students feel comfortable um, um, definitely leads to what you do for our students as well. And I know 
you just came off of a one-year um, slight vacation, and we'll talk about why why you did that. But can you talk a little bit about what you do for our musical program, um, and maybe about how that relationship skills helps you do that? And then I think uh, you can lead that into the caring cupboard then as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the last eleven years, I've uh, helped Jasmine do some costuming. I ac- some. Well, actually, some. She says some. You. <laughs> <laughs> and and not those not all of those eleven years were with you. Actually, I started mm-hmm. when my daughter was in junior high school and she's she I was picking her up and she came out and she goes mommy there's a lady inside that needs to ask you a question and I go in and it was Debbie Dickinson Mm -hmm. and she said Rachel tells me that you sew and I was like yeah she goes well we have a a backdrop that's come it's ripped at the top can can you fix that and I said yeah I can bring my machine tomorrow she goes you have a machine (laughs) portable and I said yeah that's how they come now (laughs) so and started fixing it she goes well while you're here we really need some skirts for these girls for and I was like okay so it was very helpful at first to learn that I, I knew the kids because my daughter went to school with them and mm-hmm. you know, I grew, went through them um, went up with them through the years and then as my daughter went through middle school and up to high school then my son came through middle school and believe it or not he has a great voice and he's a good actor and he he was in true all, story. like mm-hmm. all the shows mm-hmm. and um he was charlie bucket's dad and and did a duet with garrett kerfman mm-hmm. um he was one of the jonas brothers in camp rock <laughs> yeah. i was just watching how to succeed last night and there he is in that brotherhood of man and i'm like oh, johnny brettler that's right because johnny then decided that he kind of liked the offstage help more oh, right. but what i found was that because Johnny understood what happened on stage so well, he was an incredible asset backstage. And so he was always the person who I put in charge of like the important stuff. Like yeah. this, <laughs> this, this fog has to go out of exactly this moment, that kind of stuff. And he was, he was amazing at it and he was great. Yeah. yeah. He loved mm-hmm. it. Yeah. But the, um, so I, as the, as both of my kids went through the program, I learned their friends. I learned the kids in, in the musicals and helped with costuming and sewing and found my little cadre of moms who helped to sew and then went to the high school and met up with Jasmine, and then she comes up with all these brilliant ideas, and I just look at <laughs> oh, her like, kind. you want me to do what? <laughs> <laughs> and somehow you pull it you off. Want, you pull it off. You want the cow to be in person mm-hmm. for I did. Uh, you thought I was, was crazy, but it was amazing. I we had a flipping did. cow. It was great. <laughs> with, utter, mm-hmm. with udders and everything. Yeah. It was awesome. I think you like and the then, challenge. Mm-hmm. I do. You know, every year there's like one costume that's always like the crazy challenge so it was the changing dress in cinderella Uh, Mm -hmm. you know it was there there was that one dress that i made for um oh my gosh the young lady i forget who she was she subbed for lily when lily was sick oh yes Mm -hmm. um and i made i took a long dress in the 60s and she looked at me and i thought she was gonna cry and i was like don't worry honey this is gonna be a good dress it was this crazy flowered ruffled you know seven layer ugly ugly dress (laughs) that you wouldn't you wouldn't bury a dead dog in and we took it apart and made it as cute as it could be Mm -hmm. it was adorable that's amazing and And you guys really do take like stuff that is like goodwill oh absolutely i mean we have to budget wise but it's almost become this thing anymore we're like yo curtains you know absolutely cinderella all of those beautiful and do amazing things with them you know but i think the trust you've built with those students you know high schoolers 
you know, they they don't always trust. They they want to, but they don't quite know how to. And they all come from such a variety of backgrounds. Yeah. And I see you work with them and I and I see you make them comfortable. And, you know, we do something which is we never ask their size. We never ask. We never take measurements in that way because we're, we're really body conscious mm-hmm. and want to make sure that, that the students never, you know, feel uncomfortable in that way. And mm-hmm. I am in awe of, of how you can build that rapport with them. Um, for me, that rapport comes from really listening intently to them in that kind of a way. What is what is sort of your approach to to building those relationships? Well, I'll tell you, it's been hard in a couple of your shows that you've had. So there was one time we had to order dresses for the girls. You wanted like, mm-hmm. I don't know, 47 dresses all the same. <laughs> and we did have to get sizes because we were getting mm-hmm. the dresses from outside the United States. The sizes are totally different. And, you know, you have a girl in 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 America or the United mm-hmm. States, like one of the girls from high school who's normally in the U.S. a size zero or a size two, and she is a 4XL mm-hmm. in a t- size. It was very difficult, so I did have to get measurements, but it, you know, they were very trusting. We did it, you know, in an area where not everybody was looking at who got what, mm-hmm. you know, bus size or whatever. Um, so. It, over the course of time, again, knowing the kids, I've learned to adjust, you know, I know what sizes they wear or mm-hmm. how size or where I'm going to go. And then sometimes, like, I'll take some a kid who's really, really tiny and put something that's monstrosity that's extra large on them. And they'll look at me and I'll say, it's okay. I'm going to make it look good. <laughs> like, we know, Mrs. Breller, we know. I love when the so kids you, say to the young, to the youngins, like when the older ones are like, oh, just you wait. Yeah, like, you know, and it's wait. almost like this thing and they get excited <laughs> for it. And then it's almost like an initiation for the younger students where they're like, oh, I got a Brettler made, you know, yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> and it was really fun. You, you did take for a very good reason. You, t- you took a year off this year and still help some, but, yeah. but um, Mary Manning came in and I think you're going to love working with her because she had that same yeah. relationship building skill. And yeah. I'm actually so excited to the, see the two of you be able to work on that together because I think it's going to be like, you know, you guys yeah. are going to be peas in a pod and, and that way because she was very sensitive to that as well and, yeah. and I think it's important to, to build that rapport yeah, you know kind of sure. a deal well, so, yeah. backstage momming has always been fun with you because it, oh, we're like yeah. a force you me and Janice Van Wiki Wiki she's mm-hmm. great and like the kids kind of fear us but love us all at the same time I remember a couple of years ago Jasmine came back I was reading a book she's like what did you do to them <laughs> <laughs> they were quiet it's like there's 60 of them and they're quiet what's happening I, I feed them and, and tell them to shut up it's fine <laughs> but it's funny because they have learned as jasmine said they have learned to Mm -hmm. trust us like there was one time um lily was in a dress and the zipper broke and she's like i have to be on stage in two minutes Mm -hmm. and the zipper was completely out we ripped that dress off of her and put another dress on that was a bit bigger and we got her in that dress and then somebody else was working on sewing the um, maggie Mm -hmm. um one of the students was working on sewing the zipper back in for her so that she could have that dress back but boy, we, and they come to my, my button fell off or my, my things fell off. What do I do? And we're like, oh yeah. We teach them all the problem solving skills. That's right. right. Oh, the, the grease, my, some of my favorite moments though, were the grease cheerleader sweaters when you were like, if one more of you gets your makeup, we gave you paper towels for a reason. Right. Yes. White sweaters on teenagers. Right. Yeah. And stage makeup. It was with pounds of pancake makeup. Exactly. So I, I know too, you work with the Karen cupboard um mm-hmm. some and you and you bring your dad over to work at the caring cupboard sometimes and yeah. um you know and and your mom was a, a huge supporter and volunteer of the caring yes. cupboard um 
you know, working with volunteers and building that rapport and that respect is not always easy, right? We, we talk all the time mm-hmm. about how, you know, not all volunteers work the same way and, and you know, even down exactly. to parents, right? Exactly. So, you know, I'm sure you have this in your professional world and there, you know, how do you, how do you encourage people to sort of all get to the goal even when they come from very different places? Yeah, it's really, you know, and coming into the Karen Cubbett for me was a brand new experience. My mom and dad had been doing it for years. And after my mom passed away, and you know, my dad has some health issues and needed to be in a place where he could be safe 24-7. So, um, you know, it, it was important to him. And he kept asking, you know, I really miss it. I want to go back, you know. And I said, okay. So in the beginning of the year, it was my New Year's resolution to keep him vibrant and to keep him moving. So on Wednesdays, we started going back to the Karen cupboard and I would help. He's like, I, I, I don't want to go anymore. I don't do anything. And I'm like, dad, you know, they love to see you. Mm-hmm. People come over and hug him and, oh, Mr. O'Brien, how you doing? And he loved that interaction. So trying to get him involved in to say, hey, let's do this. Or do you want to do this? So whatever he felt comfortable doing that day, we did. So he ground coffee for a while. Um, you know, and then he was like, okay, I'm done. I want to go sit mm-hmm. down for t- chat with people. And I was like, okay. So he would give things out. And, but then, you know, unfortunately he had this, you know, I'm going to go stock the shelves. And I was like, you can't carry a <laughs> bottle of juice, like, let alone stock It's been a our forever with a battle with Mr. O'Brien, right? Is I that, know. Mr. O'Brien, you need to have the little cart. Take the cart with you. That'd be a great thing. Cause you know, he, yeah. he would, he would try to do, and I love it because he would always be like, Shyla, move out of the way. I'll get, I'll pick that thing up for you. And I'm like, John, like, yeah. <laughs> I know. The chivalry has not died. I appreciate that. So sweet. But I'm like, this is no. But your whole family is a family of doers. You know, there's no piece of this that, you know, I mean, I've been watching your your mom and dad and you and and Rob and everybody do for so long. You know, I said before about how our boys played baseball together and we wound up on the baseball diamond, you know, at the baseball diamond, more Mother's Days than not. And there we would be with our cheese and our whatever and maybe a little bit of something in our cup, you know, right now. So this is where the booze comes into the conversation. <laughs> that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Many a Mother's Day, Jasmine and I sat on the third baseline and mm-hmm. ate cheese and crackers and drank wine out of water bottles. We did, you know, and celebrated. And, and My husband, because mm-hmm. my husband was dumb enough to schedule a game on Mother's Day. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah truly. He was a, the coach. Oh, you won't mind. Like, oh, I love that. You won't mind. Yeah. I was like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. There's something better I'd rather be doing. So we made it something better that we'd rather be doing. We did. Yeah. <laughs> Cupcakes, we cheese. It was fantastic and great. Yeah. So, yes. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. And what yeah. I, I love uh, something about you, Sandy, is that, you know, sometimes people, uh, you have intellect, that's great, but you don't always have original thought, right? Like, sometimes people are so smart, they just can't, like, get out of their brain, whatever it is. But you have this, like, just this ability to come up with things, like, on the fly. And so you do the Legacy Robe with Jasmine, which is one of my favorite pieces of, like, everything that you do. And it's just... You often say I'm such a tradition-based person. And it's so funny because I am about... I I really am. I really... I I love celebrating. I love celebrating life. And I love celebrating the little moments. And the the Legacy Robe is is based on the the Broadway tradition, which Mm -hmm. is an ensemble member as someone who works so very hard 
record, but might really be, you know, not having the opportunity to be recognized as the star of something really gets the recognition they deserve. And Sandy helps to create these incredible patches Mm -hmm. uh, representing each and every show. Um, And particularly one of the things I love about this, and you said she comes up with these things, is I'm like, can we have a patch? Can it represent the show? And then you worked in a piece of the clothing of the recipient. One of their costumes is incorporated into that. And I just it makes me literally cry every time Um, to the point that I don't keep it at the school. It's actually here in my closet. (laughs) She wears it around. I I came in today and she's wearing it. No, I'm just kidding. But but I I won't let it out of my sight. I keep that in our our thespian society constitution is here as well because schools can things disappear at school. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. But you weren't with us this year, but for very good reason. Can you tell us a little bit about your leadership um, position that you that you've had and, and, you know, tell tell us the good reason. Yes. So I have been um, a member of the American Association of Neuroscience Nurses for many years. And um, I was on actually on the board of directors from 2008 until 2011. Um, After my time on the board, I got very interested in the actual runnings of the organization. So I ran for president and was um, well, first I ran for treasurer. I was treasurer for three years. <laughs> that was the year the IRS came to see Of course it. they did. Of course they audited did. <laughs> and had to pay a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but then um, I ran for president. And so um, last year, starting in April of 2019, I, March of 2019, I was president of the American Association of Neuroscience Nurses. So it went along through the whole year of um, being president and lucky me the our annual meeting fell during the covid um, (laughs) issue so we did not have an annual meeting Um, we had to cancel it unfortunately but I did get to see the show this year. You did. You did get to see the show and, and help and to be there. And that's very true. Yeah, to watch yeah. it from a seat, which is crazy. One from of the things when I was asking you about, like, what what about being president of this organization excited you? I remember having that conversation, um, you know, when you were returning from last year's annual conference. Yeah. And you said to me that you were really excited to help shape the, the voice of what people were paying attention to. And I thought that was this such an inspired way to think about leadership Mm -hmm. and that that you were like if I had asked you how you were running like what was your platform for running for president it would be to help guide this this place of the important thing to listen to because I can only imagine how much noise there is in Mm -hmm. nursing you know how in in the medical field in general and not I don't mean bad noise I just mean there's so much information Mm -hmm. and there's so much you know why why was that your response why do you feel it's so important to to gear a conversation you know, as um, as a nurse, we often are, you know, sort of background participants in a lot that goes on, but background in sort of the way where we help to, you know, whisper in somebody's ear, hey, how about this? Or, gee, we ought to do this. And so it becomes very formative. And in, with this association, we're, we're a somewhat small, um, smaller organization. We're not as large as the American Nurses Association. Um, uh, but we have a lot of power players in our in our field, I want to say, um, you know, stroke is a huge issue that's out and about in the general population. And those are our nurses that are out there taking care of these patients. We want to make sure that they're getting all the things that they need and that we're creating the standards of practice. Um, and that's what I wanted to be a part of, to make sure that the nurses who are in the neuroscience field have everything they need, that they are getting the appreciation that they Mm -hmm. deserve because there's so many times they don't um and that we are 
are making sure or ensuring their safety and the patient's safety. Um, while this, you know, we want to educate them, we want to engage them in a lot of the different things, and we're, you know, huge advocates for those neuro patients. Um, you know, it, it's a hard road to follow. I, you know, I've always I've been a neuroscience nurse in the, since the 1980s. I had a great friend, Christine Kuzma, who was my mentor to say, these are the best patients in the world, because at first I was like, oh my God, I got to take care of this horrible <laughs> injured patients who's biting and kicking but you know there there's these are the patients that you never know what you're going to get and it's always exciting and sometimes they can't tell you what they need but based on their actions and their words and the way that you observe them they're telling you all kinds of information and you have to use your brain mm -hmm. you have to think about it and be smart about it and I was like oh well there's a challenge mm -hmm. you know as much as I love my colleagues in cardiac nursing, cardiac nursing isn't that all that. That's like cookie cutter medicine. That everybody gets the same thing mm -hmm. every day, every time. Neuro patients are not anywhere like that. They're mm -hmm. everybody's different. One brain injury is not the same as another brain injury, even if it's in the same location. It's all, all about the real estate. You know, wherever that injury is, that's what. That's those are the signs and symptoms that you see, and it, it's it's awesome to be able to go oh, that guy has a frontal head injury, I know it, mm -hmm. and here's why, you know, that you can tease that out. So we want to make sure as, you know, when I was president, that's, those are the things I want to make sure that those nurses get everything that they need, that they learn how to take care of those patients in a proper way, and that they're being safe, the patients are safe, the families get the information they need. So uh, I was pretty much a, a big advocate of all of that. So, and yeah, actually, presidency we're we're including a leadership development course where we're teaching um, our successors mm -hmm. the organization how to be a good leader what that entails what what leaders are in our um, opportunity in our well and that's uh, so much that's so much that's great yeah, yeah and that's so much a part yeah. of really trying to make a difference in a community isn't just about your own actions right but it's about the sustainability of making sure that can continue forward none of it's, us walk outside and even if we're doing the smallest thing to help the child on the corner or the mm -hmm. guy across the street or whatever that is we want to make sure that we can sustain that help right and yeah, that's right. that's really what you're talking about on this but on this such this larger scale and so being able to make a sustainable level of community support right yeah, yeah. it's mentorship really and i mean mm -hmm. mentorship goes a long way in a lot of things you know even in the even in the musicals, you know, mm -hmm. mentoring a high school student to say, "Here's how you do costuming." You know, mm -hmm. you can do fine sewing in your in your class for your teacher, or you can do fine sewing for your stuff. But on stage, if you can't see it from the third seat back, it doesn't matter if you mm -hmm. use black red on a blue dress. Well, and it has to stay together. Yeah. It might be the, right. the most beautiful fabric you've ever seen, but if it's right. fine silk, that probably isn't going to last through how many weeks of a rehearsal and a whatever else and so right. and performances and things. And so it's it's the idea of identifying what the true problem is before you start to solve it, mm -hmm. right? And not solving yeah. the wrong problem. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's <laughs> mentorship, you know, teaching others how to do these things so that when you leave You've got somebody. So, you know, my absence this year from the musical, Maggie knew where everything was. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. You know, Maggie, there's black fabric in the top on mm -hmm. the bottom shelf of the, the tall um, shelving air unit. Oh, yep. No, right where it is. And so it's it's having that person. And she she learned 
a lot from working with us for those four years. Oh, definitely. Yeah, the definitely. cross training piece. Yeah. It, I, I want to go back to, you know, using your voice and, and using your voice for disenfranchised or, or patients or, or maybe nurses who haven't been in the field that long. And, you know, you want to help them kind of rise up to that. And so you as a leader, you kind of have a, a voice that's, that's louder and, and bigger. And it sounds like you take that responsibility very seriously and being able to, to shape your field. Yeah, we, um, you know, we really do. One of the things that, you know, we did also this year was we developed a board mentorship program. So we had a staff nurse at the bedside, you know, t- so let me, I'll back up a little bit here. Typically, when you look around the boardroom, what do you see? You see um, people who are on the older side of the business, who've had a lot of experience, who may be very well educated, who've been away. So in, in nursing, have been away from the bedside for a while. So here we are running an organization for nurses who are at the bedside, who are staff nurses, who haven't had any leadership training, who have no idea what it is. They just know they need the resources. So we kept looking at that going, why don't they get what we mm-hmm. what we're putting there? It's because it was we were putting out what we wanted mm-hmm. as middle aged women who hadn't been at the bedside for a long time. So in order to get back grounded to what we needed to do for this organization, we pulled in a staff nurse and said, give us your ideas. Tell us what we're doing wrong. And she was amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, once she sort of got the feel for the organization, she opened up and she said, you know, these are the things that you need to do. So, you know, realizing that you have a voice, but making sure that the voice that you're providing is what people want to hear yeah. or need, need to hear, hear. Yeah, is right. very important. And so you have to ground yourself and go back to, you know, talk to the people don't be sitting up here at the board level mm-hmm. and doing what you're doing we often say there's just you know, there's sort of no it. place for the ego in it right, right. that the, the, the best right. the best leaders the people who are making the biggest difference you know are really the ones who who don't even think about that they've already checked their ego at the door without even realizing it because they would be much yeah. better we're much more interested in the end goal than how we get there mm-hmm. you know and and Shyla, I think you're the same way I really try to build teams where I know that everyone is about the greater good and not about who gets the credit for it, whose idea it was or did it come from well she's new to the field or it doesn't matter if the best sure. if the best outcome comes in yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. Well, Sandy, you we could talk to you, I think, for the next six hours and have some really great information. But uh, we, we always end our interviews with three big questions. So the burning question number one, Jasmine, I'll hand it over to you. Thank you. As the coffee beans in this relationship, <laughs> I represent this question. What is your favorite frou-frou coffee drink? Oh, well, hmm coffee drink well it's it's not really coffee i'm a chai tea latte kind of girl hey i'll um, buy but that i do like i do like coffee with lots of italian sweet cream oh so you know no sugar just lots of italian sweet cream all okay all enough. right and i like there the chai latte too yeah. for sure it's a good choice yeah. Yeah. so booze you have a question yeah so mm-hmm. what is your favorite cocktail or adult beverage an amaretta sour is my absolute favorite but frankly i'll drink anything <laughs> And I look, yeah. I look forward to drinking with you again very soon, my love. I really do. So yeah. So that was so sadly that was my Mother's Day gift for my kids. It was alcohol. <laughs> you know, oh, they were able to get a hold of it. I like it. I got mm-hmm. I got a bottle of wine, a, a stemless wine glass that says "Brains of the Operation," oh. and two 
little wine coasters. Oh, <laughs> very That's sweet. That's amazing. That was very was sweet. So, yes, so then we have a final question. Uh, Shiloh, okay. would you yeah. like to ask uh, Sandy our last question? Yeah. Our last question is, uh, what is your passion? Wow. Neuroscience nursing, taking care of patients. I love, I love taking care of patients and being that helping person. I think uh, as you've sort of alluded to, I've been a helper all my life, mm-hmm. um, helping my parents, helping my children, mm-hmm. helping my friends, you know, making masks for everybody. That's right. Yeah. I just yes. put in my order for, yes. I have yes. a tiny face and so I need a tiny mask. <laughs> yes. yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but help, being that helper, but I, I love my neuro patients the most, you know, patients with brain tumors, you know, you're there at the end of their life for the most part, you know, they're, they don't often have much longer and we're all, all we're doing is trying to help them have a better quality of life and, yeah. and really you know seeing people just you know a quick short story is I had a patient who came in and she was told by her physician you know she had breast cancer and she had some brain tumors in her head and he gave her six weeks to live and she came in and she's like I don't know whether I should really do this you know I don't I have all these tumors. They tell me I have six and I only have a couple weeks to live. And so we chatted with her about it. And I said, you know, it's, it's entirely up to you. The physician had given her all the, the stuff, whatever. So she opted to do it. And um, we found out that day she was a ballroom dancer and she and her husband loved to ballroom dance. So uh, two and a half years later, she was still ballroom dancing. Aww. She, so from six weeks, from six mm-hmm. weeks to live, she actually ended up living three years past um, wow. the time that for that, mm-hmm. and that to me yeah. is everything. Absolutely, you know, and more time to love. We do what we do, and more time to love yeah. life. Yeah. You know, which is really you know that's such the the celebration. Well, that. I have to say, Sandy, mm-hmm. you have been such an asset to the caring cupboard in your mask making, but also, um, you know, in those first couple of weeks when we we totally changed our service delivery, you showed up and um, you were like home. It felt like having you was like home because that's just who you are, and that was amazing. Oh. So it was a gift that I don't even know you realized you gave me, but it. It was it was nice to have you there so oh well thank you i do have to get back it's been i'm just finishing up all my final duties as president with aann so getting in my final uh, reports and all that kind of business so i'll be back here's the great thing about our community oh is uh, we'll always we'll, need you we'll be we'll be here uh, absolutely yeah, but we are <laughs> so proud to be your friend and yes. and the amazing things you do wicked smart as you are making such a difference in our world so thank you very oh, much thank, thank you. you oh thank you ladies for being my friends thank, thank you. you i love you and so my final question is oh when does when does the booze get delivered? <laughs> <laughs> Not soon enough. Is the seriously, well, yes. seriously. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you very much. Right. Hey, thank you. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Take care. Have a good night. You, you too. too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. I'm Shyla. And I'm Jasmine. And we're thriving in a small town.